Thanks for checking in on this podcast. You are about to hear an inspirational teaching from Caris Ministries. If God has used this ministry to bless you in any way, please take a moment and write to us at amenatcaris.org. We are always inspired and blessed to hear how God is blessing people all over the world through what he is doing here at Caris. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at caris.org so we can continue making podcasts such as this available free of charge. Father, thank you for giving us the privilege to hear your word. Speak to us. Reveal yourself in the pages of the scriptures because in it is written of you. We want to know you more. We want to get closer to you. Oh Jesus, our high priest, reveal yourself to us in the scriptures. I pray that as I teach your word, Lord, bring encouragement to the discouraged. Bring healing to the sick. Bring strength to the weak. Oh Lord, bring conviction to the sinning. Save the lost. Bring direction to the confused. And glorify your name. Inspire your people. Challenge us. Charge us. Infuse more of yourself into us. We thank you. In Jesus name. Amen. We are grateful to God. We thank God for his mercies. Bible says his mercies endures forever. Someone shout mercy. Shout mercy. The mercies of God endures forever. Uh, the one who, who needs mercy is the faulty one. If you are faultless, you don't need mercy. <laughs> it is good that God is a God of mercy. Oh, someone didn't hear that. It is good that God is a God of mercy. Mm, it's very good. Other than that, none of us will be able to stand before him and qualify, but his mercies are new every morning. So, Bible says that we, it's because of his mercies that we are not consumed. If there's something you need from God, it's better you don't go before God and tell God how good you have been, how well you have behaved, how you've ticked all the boxes. Does that mean good behavior is not necessary? It's very necessary. But it's better to go to God and say, God, in spite of what I think I have done, have mercy on me. So Jesus tells us the parable of someone who went to the temple and said, God, look, I've been so good. I pay tithe, I do that. And the other one couldn't even lift his eyes and look up to God. He felt so dirty. And he said, Lord, just have mercy on me, a sinner. (laughs) He said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. He went, Bible says that he went home justified because he went to, he, he went and asked for mercy. There's a time Jesus was passing, someone was making noise, noise pollution, public nuisance. But he said, all I need, Lord, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Someone, why don't you clap for the mercies of God? He, he, he is a merciful God. Hallelujah. 
Uh, the, the book of Hebrews is a very strong book. The, the book of Hebrews it's, is a strong comparison between the old system of the way God was dealing with people and the new system of how God deals with people. The book of Hebrews compares or takes the old system or old system based on works right and then shows how it's different from the new system based on grace and so when he started the book of Hebrews he started by talking about how God in times past spoke through the prophet now speaking through the son who is the express image of God then he begins to compare Jesus to the angels because spiritual authorities in the Old Testament, angels were highly revered in the Old Covenant. So he begins to compare Jesus to angels and he says that Jesus is higher than the angels. His role, so long as humanity and God is concerned, is higher and better than the angels. Then from the angels, he also goes to talk about one of the or the highest figure in the Old Testament who was Moses. Moses was described as the mediator or in the Old Testament. So he 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 mediated between God and man in the Old Testament. In other words, the old Bible in fact actually John puts it this way in John chapter one. It says that um but the the law came through Moses. Okay, so that is why Bible talks about the law and the prophets. When you talk about the law, you are talking about Moses, the law and the prophets. The Old Testament, mainly the covenant was given through Moses. So Moses, as it were, the one God used. He was the chief personality in the Old Testament. So Moses told them that God is going to raise from amongst you someone like me. Talking about Jesus Christ. So even... In theological sense, Moses can be said to be a type of Jesus. Okay, so um, we, we can talk about how Moses, when you look at the role of Moses, you can tell how much he's like Jesus in a certain limited sense. He wasn't like Jesus fully, but in a certain limited sense, so long as his role as God's agent was concerned, he was like Jesus. And so then the when you talk about the Old Testament, the important thing about the Old Testament was how God relates to man. So let me, let, let's just backtrack a little bit and find out how things started. God created man. Man fell. And Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so man is wanted by God as his way. Does that make sense? Man is, was like became divine criminal. A criminal before the justice of heaven. And so then God cannot just have relationship with man, a criminal. God can, because you are illegal, so long as sin in your life is concerned, God can have dealings with you. Does that make sense? Now, then God called Abraham, Abraham who responded to God in spite of his state. He responded to God and believed God. So Bible says that he accounted it to him for righteousness. He wasn't righteous. But because of his belief in God. 
Now, God can count someone only righteous on one basis. That is on the basis of Jesus Christ. His finished work. If you believe and accept it, righteousness is accredited to you. Now, how come Abraham was declared righteous if he had not received Jesus Christ? So, Bible says in Galatians that the gospel was preached to Abraham. Jesus said, before Abraham, I was. And he told them that your father Abraham sought to see my days. And he saw it and he was happy. So, Abraham, Bible says that when God called Abraham, he moved, seen what like what was invisible he saw ahead he saw jesus christ and bible says the gospel was preached to him so now abraham's righteousness was purely based on faith in the jesus he saw before jesus showed up does that make sense all right so that's why we are all sons of abraham because we are all in that same line our righteousness is not because of what we have done why because man was fundamentally a criminal god wanted you are wanted by god you can't have a relationship with god so the only way Abraham had a relationship with God was to step aside the justice, the, the, the normal judicial system by entering through the righteousness of Christ, which is also what is, is not injustice. Okay, mercy. Mercy is not injustice. Mercy is non-justice. I'll explain it. There's a difference between injustice and non-justice because you stole, you should go to prison. You stole. Mercy said you won't go to prison. And I'll find a way of compensating that evil you've done. So to, to an onlooker, that's not justice because you have been, but then to God's righteous way of dealing, dealing with, uh, doing things, he pardoned you, he had mercy because of letting someone else pay for your crime. So as it were, mercy is like kind of not really justice, it's non-justice all right, does that make sense? Not injustice, because injustice is negative. So either you are dealing, God is dealing with you based on his justice, or dealing with you based on what? Mercy. Which one do you want? <laughs> Someone should say mercy. <laughs> say mercy. mercy. Now, so, I'm going somewhere. Because God, man couldn't get to God, he called Abraham, and because Abraham believed, he started a system in Abraham. Now, he said, in your, he blessed Abraham, he said, in your seed shall all the earth be blessed. Talking about Jesus Christ. But God himself had a plan to come on earth to, to be one of us. Say one of us. That's very important. So he'll be one of us. Then through being one of us, he can die to save us. So he, as it were, he brought himself in captivity under a system being controlled by the devil. And he died within the system to break loose and deliver those of us who go to him. Do you understand that? Now, so Jesus, God's plan was that he himself was going to come on earth. But he has to come on earth not just as a criminal at least. He has to come on earth through a system that he has accredited as accepted. He's, he's, he's accepted. Now, what I'm trying to say is that God called Abraham and started a people with Abraham because Abraham couldn't have a child. Isaac, as it were, was not Abraham's real natural son. Because dead womb can't produce a child and a dead body can't produce a child. So when Abraham believed God's word, it, it became the seed in his loins. It was a prophet. That's why the Bible says that. Because Abraham had a natural child son called Ishmael. So when you're talking about natural son, it's not that. But the child of promise was carrying the seed of God, which is the word of God. And through that, God called Abraham, 
passed the seed through to Isaac. And then Isaac had Jacob. And Jacob had the, the 12 tribe. The sons of Jacob. They became Israel. And so God began. It was a process. Through generations upon generations. God built for himself a people called the Jews. Through whom he himself now. Because now let's see, man is wanted. But how can God have a people? And on what grounds was, was he dealing with them? Because man must deal with God. And so when he called them, he then instituted what is called the rituals, the laws, and the high priest or the priesthood system. Now, the, the, the role of the priest was to stand in between God and man. Does that make sense? Because men had problems and we needed a lot of mercy. <laughs> so God, now, form a people called the Jews and any so let's say this all these these are the Jews and this is the whole world let's say these guys are Americans or Europeans and these guys are Asians and these are the Jews okay so long as God is concerned whether you are Asian America American Chinese Russian you are all Gentiles because all have fallen short of God's glory but God himself handpicked and made kind of generated the, the, the Jews through Abraham, his man who he chose. Right. And then through the Jews, he, because, he, because he, they became his people, he started dealing with them. So, so long, that's why when you read the Old Testament, they go to war, they were killing everybody apart from the Jews. God was not dealing with anybody. It's only the Jews. And the Jews were not supposed to mingle with the Gentiles who were dirty. So if you're a Jew and you go to the house of a Gentile, you, by the time you come, you have to wash yourself clean with a special purification water. Do you understand? So Jews, that's, that explains why uh, Peter saw the vision and God told Peter to go to Cornelius' house. Peter said, I, I'm a, a Jew. I can't enter the house of a Gentile. The, the Jews were so religious that even when God was reaching out to the Gentiles, the Jerusalem church called Peter. We heard you went into Gentiles to go and preach to them. Because we don't deal with Gentiles. And Peter said, who am I not to obey God when God has accepted them? So God called Paul to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. Because Gentiles, as long as Jews were concerned, Gentiles don't mix. Does that make sense when you read Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, which says that God, Jesus Christ, died on the cross and made both Gentiles and the Jews one. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14. For he himself... He himself is our, for he himself is our peace, who has made both one. The both there is the Jews and the Gentiles, and has broken down the middle wall of separation. So then, Jews and Gentiles don't mix. It's called racial discrimination. It's called racial segregation. It's called human limitation, human barriers. It does, oh, oh, I don't want to go there, but let me just mention a little bit. It does not matter where you grew up and who you are. Human beings are naturally discriminative. So I was me, I'm not. Oh, human beings are naturally discriminative. Even in church, some people will mingle with only certain type of people and not hang around with some other type of people because human beings are naturally discriminative. Sometimes when you watch, you, uh, like a young lady like this comes to church and guess what? After a while, most of her friends will be young like her. It's natural. <laughs> now yeah, it's coming close home, huh? And even those friends who will be young like her, 
it's likely they may be people who do a hair like a hair. Does that make sense? Because when we close, the elderly ones, you notice that they always hang, they, they, every time they will talk to one or two people, but they are among themselves. That's, that's how human beings, human beings are naturally discriminated. So then, Bible says Jesus Christ died to remove the wall of discrimination so that we can have a church. Oh, you didn't get it. <laughs> For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation. Go to the next verse and see, see what's there. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, his flesh, the enmity that exists among human beings. He said, Jesus Christ. So in church, it shouldn't exist. If you are really Christ-centered, you won't see any difference between other Christians and you. Anytime you begin to see difference between other Christians and you, you are walking in the flesh. Hello? And so he says, having abolished his, uh, in his flesh the enmity, that is the law of commandments contained in the ordinances, say ordinances, so as to create in himself one new man from the two. What two is he talking about? Jews and Gentiles. He wanted to make one new man. And one new man is the church. To create in himself one new man, which is Jews. And, so he had to even die to deal with the separation between Jews and Gentiles. To make himself one new man. Even to make it more clear. Go to the next verse and see. And that he might reconcile both. Who are the both? Jews and Gentiles. He must reconcile both to God in one body through the cross. Thereby putting to death the enmity. The enmity, the segregation, the restriction, the division. The markations that exist between humans. He says that Jesus Christ put to death. He removed it through his death on the cross. So look at the next verse. That's not what I'm trying to say. And he came and preached peace to you who were far off. That's the Gentiles. And to those who were near, that's the Jews. <laughs> Go to the next verse. Let me see. Last one. I will, I will leave there. But never said that. Okay. For through him we have both have access to the Father. No, go. You see, they're both again talking about two, two groups. So, so long as God is a concern, there are only two groups of people. There were only two groups of people on earth. Two races. The Jews and the Gentiles. Hello? And now, there are still two groups of people on earth. Those whose names are registered and those who are not in the register. So God doesn't deal with you based on your background, based on who gave birth to you, based on your education. All those things are not necessary. He deals with you based on your faith in Christ. Hallelujah. Now, back to what I'm saying. So God formed these Jews and gave them ordinances. When you read the verse 15, it talks about the commandment, the law of commandments contained in the ordinances. What are ordinances? Ordinances are systems set in place, religious systems, so they can do that, they can relate to God. Because if you don't put these religious systems in place, man was so dirty, man was so sinful, we will always break. You can't break God's law and think everything is okay. So he put in ordinances. And part, some of the ordinances is what is called the sacrifices. Sin sacrifices. But who is going to offer the sin sacrifice? Because if we have all sinned, then who is going to offer the sin sacrifice? So God had to choose certain special people among the people. See, among the people. God has to choose certain special ones from amongst the people 
who he will set aside and give them a special task of relating to him between him and the people standing like between us or mediators between God and the people so they go to God on the behalf of the people and they come to the people on the behalf of God who they are called the priests it was necessary so God can have a relationship with them now that is God's system of dealing uh, of operation now has that stopped no has anything in the law stopped no so if we say we are saved by grace and not by the law I explain to you how grace meets the requirement of the law and so grace didn't cancel the law grace fulfilled the law and just transferred the credit to you so that you go before God as though you have always obeyed the law so God doesn't say one thing and change his mind. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 17, I came to fulfill the law. I did not come to, Matthew 5 17, he said, I did not come to destroy, I did not, don't think that I came to destroy the law and the prophets. I did not come to destroy by what? To fulfill it. So he fulfilled it. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 says that unless your righteousness, I say to you, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You need some excellent righteousness. But the Pharisees were so good at it you can't beat them to it but Jesus said to get God's attention your righteousness must beat the, the righteousness of the Pharisees so how guy what you gonna do no hope no hope so Jesus watch this Jesus did not say righteousness is unnecessary going to God he said it is necessary the law and the prophets he didn't say they are irrelevant he said they were relevant so he came to fulfill the law and the prophet he came to fulfill it to uh, to gain that righteousness so that he gives it to you and you show up you remember the song dressed in his righteousness alone faultless stand before the throne hallelujah so back to what i was talking about so god puts a system of priesthood together now but who qualifies to be a priest who qualified to be a priest under the Old Testament? So that once we know who qualified, we will see if you've got a priest or high priest and if your high priest actually qualifies. Now, look at... Um, Thank you, Jesus. Numbers chapter 3, verse 12. Now behold, I myself have, have taken who? Who? The Levites. Okay. The Levites. I have taken the Levites. Say Levites. Or Levites, it doesn't matter uh, so long as you know what they're talking about. I've taken the Levites from amongst the children of Israel instead of every firstborn, uh, uh, instead of every firstborn who opens the womb among the children of Israel. Therefore, the Levites shall be mine. Let's all say that together. That, do you understand? Does it make sense when you hear the word Leviticus? Leviticus stems from there. And the book of Leviticus, you know what it's about? The book of Leviticus is fundamentally about rituals, laws. This is how you should sacrifice. When you go to the temple, this is what you shouldn't do. This is what you should do. When you are coming to sacrifice an animal, this is how it should be. This Leviticus was all about the rituals. rituals. How the priests, how the Levites were supposed to represent the people before God. Now watch this. Now the Levites, their job, their job was to do work in the temple or the tabernacle. It was first the tabernacle, then later on it became the temple. 
right so their job so what like church workers say say how many of us are church workers here oh come on be proud lift up your hand be bold about that proud now these are the levites as it were in those days okay anyone who does anything in the temple either cleaning sweeping singing playing they all come under the levites they are all levites and bible talks about how the levites out out now go there because some of you will be troubled <laughs> levites are blessed amen. amen in those days so anyone who performs and carries out any function in the physical temple temple was a, was supposed to know was was supposed to be a levite if you are not a levite you are not supposed to and if you do that you are going to be be punished and you can lose your life now however there was this man god called moses and moses had a brother and had a sister for your information, Moses was a Levite. He came from the tribe of Levi or Levi. Okay. And, and Moses had a brother. Who remembers the name of his brother? Aaron. So what tribe do you think Aaron comes from? Huh? Are you sure? Why? Because Moses was his brother. Okay, that's so simple. All right, let's look at Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28, verse 1. Oh, I love this. We're getting somewhere. Someone must grasp this. Now, take Aaron, your brother, and his sons with him from amongst the children of Israel that he may minister to me as priest Aaron and Aaron's sons Nadab Abihu or Abihu Eleazar and Ithamar and you shall make holy garments for Aaron and Aaron your brother your brother for for glory and for busy priests are supposed to wear nice garments alright and then make garments for, uh, for glory and for beauty alright so he says that Aaron and his sons say Aaron and sons that is so important for your information the Levitical priesthood or let me put it this way the ironic or ironic priesthood was hereditary if you are not born a Levite you, it's like being in the royal family if you are not born a royal, you can't just go and overthrow the queen. In the same way, the Levitical priesthood was hereditary in nature in the sense that you need to be a Levite. Those are those who sometimes do other little, little priests who work in. But the main priest must come from Aaron's line. So if you are going to be actually the actual priest in the temple, in the house of God, those days, or in the, in the, in the tabernacle, you need to be a seed of Aaron. Look at the book of um, Numbers. Numbers again, chapter 18, verse 7. Numbers chapter 18, verse 7. Therefore you and your sons with you shall attend to your priesthood Everything at the altar and behind the veil. Say behind the veil. Behind the veil. 
Uh, say behind the veil. Permit me to just take my time to explain a little something little about the veil. In the, in the tabernacle of God, they had three chambers. Okay. They have the three parts. Um, it had three parts. We have the outer court where, you know, many people can just go. And then we have the inner courts where only the priests who do the work can go. And then we have the, the holy of holies. Okay. The holy of holies, the only person who can enter is the high priest. And there, when you are going, it's like the altar, this altar here. Um, from the foyer, outer court. Here, inner court. Here, holies of holies. And the holies of holies, unfortunately, there's a big curtain. That separates the holies of holies from the holy place. So when you stand in the, uh, in the, holy, uh, the holy place, you, inner court or whatever, you can't see the holies of holies. Because there is a curtain. And only the hype, because... It, within the cat behind oh say the veil say the veil behind the veil was the ark of the covenant which was god's presence with his people so that was like where god was that was and you don't go there if anyone enters there you can't come out and even the high priest if the high priest goes there and he doesn't do his, his work properly. He's going to, they have to pull him out as a dead man. You remember that? So, so when he says, put that scripture on the screen again in, in Numbers chapter 18, he says that for, for everything at the altar and behind the veil. In other words, only Aaron's sons can become high priests. Because it takes only the high priest to go behind the bed you don't have to remember forget this it takes only the high priest to go where behind the veil and when we talk about behind, you know what they go and do behind the veil not go and pray not going they go you can't go behind the veil any day and you go behind the veil pastor phil you go there once a year which is called uh i can't Yam Kippur, Yam Kippur. Some of you have heard it before. Yam Kippur, all right. So it's called Yam Kippur. That is the tenth day of the seventh month, once a year. That's the only time the high priest goes into the goes behind the veil, because you can't go there. So do you know what he goes to do behind the veil? Do you know what he goes to do? He first of all he has to go with blood. What sort of blood? The blood of atonement. It is the so they bring the goat. They laid their hands on the lamb or the animal and the high priest confessed the sins of all the people, including his own, confesses on the animal. The animal is slaughtered. Then the blood is brought behind the veil and put on the mercy seat. I explained what the mercy seat was some time ago. Put on the mercy seat behind the veil and he will use, Bible says, he will put his hand, dip his hand in the blood, sprinkle it. You remember Bible, Bible told we have the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of sprinkle. Okay, so sprinkle it with, be, be behind the veil and put it there just for atonement to cover the sins of the people. Say behind the veil. And that, how many times was that done? Once a year. So the high priest goes there once a year and he has to wait for the next year and go there again. He has to wait for the next year and go there again. If he dies, guess what? His son or the, the successor, the successor then goes there once a year. Once a year. So God told Aaron, put it back on. There's something I want to show you there quickly. In um, Numbers chapter 18, verse 7. Numbers chapter 18, verse 7. Now it says that uh, beyond the, be, be, uh, 
behind the veil and you shall serve i give your priesthood to you as a gift for service but the outsider who comes near what happens if you are not from the line of aaron and you try to do that he said you shall be judgment instant divine judgment you die that's what god said so what i'm trying to establish is that who qualifies to be a high priest who sorry son of Aaron or someone in the lineage of Aaron obviously it must be a Levite okay so in the Old Testament it's called the Levitical priesthood or the Aaronic priesthood and no one could oh no one could be a priest outside of that lineage you can't because God said these people when they were giving lands when they were dividing the lands they said the Levites don't give them land they are mine I'm their portion. So, in those days, the tithe was brought to the house, and then when you bring animal sacrifice, after that, the priest had some portion to eat. It belonged to the priest. Anything in the temple. So, they were really kind of enjoying. <laughs> but they didn't have land. They didn't have inheritance. Their portion was the temple. So, you can't just go in and sacrifice if you are not a priest. God himself will kill you. And so it would be wrong for us to have someone who is not from the tribe of Levi, the lineage of Aaron, to become a priest, let alone a high priest. Does that make sense? Now, what was the job? I've said it already. What was the job of the high priest? Now, let me. Let me there is a priest and there's a high priest. The main, from what I've said, you can tell what the high priest does, which the priest can do. What is it? Go. I like, I like that. Who said you? What do you say? Go behind the veil. I love that. That means go into the Holy of Holies and present atonement. Present blood. Okay. That's once a year. That's the only thing the high priest does. No, that's one major thing he does. No other person. So he goes to and present him the blood means that asking for God's mercy. That's why he puts you on the mercy seat. So his job is he was picked from amongst the people to go before God with sacrifices to seek for mercy on the behalf of the people. Hebrews chapter 5. With that in mind, let's now go. Let's now zoom in. It's good to have some background. Hebrews chapter 5. Is someone getting something? Hebrews chapter 5. <laughs> Hallelujah. Bible in the, in, the old, in, the, in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews refers to Jesus as high priest 15 times. 15 times, high priest. And so we'll find out what the high priest does and how, how he does. Now, before we, we read it quickly, the things that the high priest uh, used to do in the Old Testament is that the high priest oversees all the priests. So all like the church, um, the temple, the tabernacle activity, high priest is responsible how things are done, the sacrifices, the inspections, high priest is basically responsible. And the high priest, this one you don't know, listen to this very carefully. The high priest had a garment. He's the only one who could wear it. And that garment had a special breastplate with special dice, like dice, you know dice, the dice we throw. dicey like stones, two. One is called Urim and the other one is called Tumim. Now the Urim and the Tumim is when you want to hear from God, when the nation wants to hear from God, they go to the high priest and then the high priest will inquire of the Lord. How would he know whether God, the Urim and the Tumim, if the Urim or the Tumim, one of them is like red, and green 
if whichever lights, if so, if it's red, that God says that no. If it's green, God said yes. And it's the only, only the high priest who wears that. You no know, one can wear it because it's the high priestly garment. Right? So the high priest, besides oversight over the priest, he was the only one who wore the, uh, the garment with the urim and the tumim. For direction, say direction. Say direction. And I tell you, if you are lacking direction, you go to the high priest. He will seek from God and give it to you. We have a high priest. Hallelujah. And the high priest also offers sin offerings. So offerings that were supposed to be given to God for sins. And then finally, the main one, as I told you, atonement behind the veil. Praise the Lord. So now, with that in mind, let's go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 1. I like this scripture too much. Can you see what I'm seeing? Open your eyes. <laughs> Open your eyes. He said, for every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men. Where is he taking from? Where is he taking from? No, no. And it's appointed for who? In what? So high priest job is not, is not like uh, political. No, it's, a, it's one of, first, first of all, it's taken from amongst men. Appointed for men in things pertaining to God. So you want things pertaining to God, you come to the high priest. High priest, that's his job. Watch this. In things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. High priest job. Hebrews. Right? Verse 2. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray. Since himself, he himself. Why? He understands, he understands why you got tempted and you didn't do what you're supposed to do. The high priest understands. So that's why you have to be taken from amongst men. Because if you don't take one from amongst men, okay, no, you, you, are, you are sending an ordinary street man to go and represent policemen at the parliament. He may not be able to speak on their behalf properly. But if you, if you choose a policeman who has been in the service for 30 years, and he's talking for policemen. You know he can talk better. And so he himself, he has to be chosen from amongst men so that he can even have mercy on those who have been tempted, who have been tempted because he's like them. Say he's like them. Mm. I think that should have rung a bell. He's like them. <laughs> he's like them. Say he's like them. High priest has to be like that. Hey, I like this one. If your high priest is not like you, you're in trouble. <laughs> so that's why your high priest must be from amongst men. So, so oh, so Jesus couldn't have just decided I'm God, then I'm praying for you. On what grounds? <laughs> Does he know what it means to be a human being? So why is he praying for me? <laughs> Someone is getting something. Hallelujah. <laughs> Uh, let, let's finish verse five. Uh, this this chapter. And then there's so much. There's so much we got, but we'll continue. So let, 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 let's let's take our time to devour this thing. Because of this, verse three. Am I on verse three? Yeah. Be, 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 because of this, he is required as for the people. So he required as for the people. So also for himself to offer sacrifices for sin. And no man takes this honor upon himself, but he who is called by God. Just as just as well. Did you see Aaron showing up here? 
Now, does that make sense when we hear the word Aaron here? Because Aaron was called by God. And he said, this thing is going to be for Aaron and his descendants. If you try and take it upon yourself, God didn't call you, he will kill you. So, it's dangerous for people to decide to, oh, my friend is a pastor, his church is doing well, so I'm going to start a church. <laughs> you must be called. That's why I even encourage, we are careful. We don't do things what other churches are doing. So, other churches are doing big programs, so we have to also do it. We may kill ourselves. Because anything that pertains to God, you must make sure you have been called to do it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, so, he says that you don't take this honor upon yourself except him who has been called, just as Aaron was called. In the same way, verse 6, oh my God, I bless your I like this word. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 5. Hey, did you see how he starts verse 5? I told you, when you are reading the Bible, you come across likewise, so also, in the same way, moreover, like, you know, this one, don't, don't ignore those words. They are powerful and therefore, we are going to come to the, one of the therefores very soon. Say therefore. So he said, so also Christ did not glorify himself to be high priest. Ah, that means he's high priest. He did not glorify himself to be high priest, but it was he, talking about God, who said to him, who said to Christ, you are my son. Today I have begotten you. Go to the next verse. So, uh, 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 as he also says in another place, you are a priest forever. Shh. You are a priest. You are a priest. According to what? Hey, what, which one is that? Because what we know is you can't be a priest if you are not in the order of Aaron. Where from this Melchizedek, he, he threw that one in. He threw that one in. Um, Alright, let me leave this now and let's go to chapter 6. Once we finish reading chapter 6, oh, you want us to go to chapter 2. Okay, let's go back to chapter 2. Verse 14, 15, 16, 17. We are ending on verse 17. I actually want us to read verse 17, but let's start from verse 14. Chapter 2, verse 14. Then from there, we will go to chapter 3, verse 1. And then from there, we jump into chapter 6. Inasmuch as the children were partakers of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death. That is who? Jesus Christ. Talking about Jesus Christ, because we are flesh and blood, he himself decided to become the same. Why did he become the same? Oh, it's, yes, before we go there, but then from the text, why, why did he become like us? So then, he couldn't destroy him who had the power of death if he had not come down to become one, one of us. So then from inside, fight it. Because a, a, a man's enemies are those of his own. <laughs> Jesus said, it was not, because when it comes to the spirit and heaven, Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. He dis, dis, defeated him from heaven already. So in heaven, he defeated him. But he came down on earth and he became like one of us. Okay, so Jesus became like one of us so that through, guess how, you know how he defeated him? Go back to the Hebrew chapter, chapter 2 verse uh, 14. You know how, he said that, that, that through death, First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6, he said that if the priests of this world had known, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know that by crucifying Christ, the devil didn't know that by crucifying, he was shooting himself in the foot. So, because Jesus' agenda was to die. 
That's why when Peter said, when Jesus said, uh, who do men say I am? In Matthew chapter 16, Peter said, hey, you are the son of the living God. Jesus said, ah, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed am I has not revealed this unto you. And Peter was feeling so cool. Now he feels like, yeah, he has the revelation. And Jesus said, the Bible said, after this, thing, Jesus began to explain to them how he has to go to Jerusalem and the chief priests and the elders will take him and crucify him. And whilst he was explaining, Peter said, no, Lord. Bible said, Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him because he had the revelation. <laughs> revelation man. He began to rebuke Jesus. You know, that's the first time Jesus addressed someone as Satan. Bible said, Jesus looked and said, get thee behind me, Satan, for you are not looking for the things of God, but the things of men. Because his agenda was to go to the cross. Peter almost stopped it. He wanted to stop it. Because it was in Peter. Satan was taking over. The man who, who had the revelation from the Holy Ghost a few moments ago, all of a sudden, Satan took over. So you see, when you are dealing with people, you must know what spirit they are operating with. Someone can prophesy you one moment and the next moment, hey. <laughs> so Jesus rebuked Satan. Why? Because he had to go to the cross. He said in John chapter 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 12, verse 24, he said, except a, a corn of wheat falls to the ground and die, it abides alone. In then verse 36 or somewhere there, he says, for this purpose was I born and for this reason did I come to this earth. He came to die. Why? So that through death, say through death, Say through death. Say through death. Through death he will destroy him who has the power of death. That is the devil. So he destroyed. Bible talks about in Colossians chapter 2 verse 14, 13, 14. He said he made a public show over them. Triumphing over principalities and powers. He made a public show. It's spectacle. He made a show that Satan is nothing. So don't fear the devil. Right, quickly let, let me move on from there. And so verse 14. Go back Hebrews chapter 2 verse 14. Bible says that, that might destroy him who has the power of death. Who is that? That is the devil. Verse 15. And not just that, and also release us. Verse 15. And release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Verse, verse 16. Oh, I like this one. Verse 16. For indeed, he does not give aid to angels, but he gives aid to the, the, the seed of Abraham. That's talking about us. Now, go to the verse 17. This is where I wanted to get to. Therefore, say therefore. therefore. Say therefore. No, no, before any time you see therefore, pause to think of why that therefore is therefore. What is therefore? Now, it says, therefore what? Because, because, because he came and became like one of us. So that through death, he might destroy him who has the power of death and release us who through fear of bond, uh, through fear of death we have been bondage we have been in bondage all our life release us and then present us to God said therefore in all things he he had to be made like his brothers why because that's his agenda why must he be made like us that he might why 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 did he have to be like us so he can be a man what's mercy mercy has to do with Behalf, on the behalf of human beings. Faithful had to do it on the behalf of God. He had to become like us. Jesus had to be like us. So that, like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and a faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. The reason why he came, two main reasons, okay? Two main reasons. There's one negative reason and one positive reason. The negative reason for his coming was to destroy the devil. 
the positive reason for his coming is that he can be merciful high priest for us. Amen. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. It's from what we read. Because it says that because the, the sons were flesh and blood, he also took part in the same. That through death he might. That's why he came. But there's another one in the verse 17. He says that therefore because he had to be a high priest, merciful, he had to be like us. So he had to be like us to represent us and he had to be one of us to destroy the, what is keeping us. <laughs> Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That's a faithful and a merciful high priest. What does it mean to be merciful? When you are crying, I need help. He knows what you mean. Look at, look at verse 18. If there is verse, I think verse 18. Look at verse 18. For in that he himself. Ah, ah, ah. Did you see that? Let's not read it together. Let's go. For in that he himself has suffered, being tempted, he is able to aid those. Ah. Is anyone here being tempted? <laughs> Jesus is able to aid those who are being. Why? Because he suffered being tempted. He knows what. Angels don't know what it means to be tempted, though. They don't. Say, high priest. That's why he is before God making intercessions for us. Now, quickly, let's, let's, when you go to the next verse, which is three, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1, it talks about, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle uh, and the high priest of our, uh, the high priest of what? <laughs> you have to talk about it too. <laughs> you have to talk about it. He did all so you can talk about Jesus being your, confer- your, your high priest. He's the high priest of our confession. And then he takes what you are saying and that's what he stands on to intercede. Oh. <laughs> the high priest of our confession, Jesus Christ. Uh, let's leave that. But let's go to Hebrews chapter, chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus, our high priest. Mm, I want to finish with the Aaron. Where? F- uh, uh, where uh, okay, go back. Go back trap so it makes sense. I think from verse, because a lot, verse 18. Okay, let's go to from verse 18. Even that. You know, you remember I said that by verse 19, verse 17, quickly, I'll rush through that. Okay, good. That God determined to show more abundantly the heirs of promise, the immutability of his counsel, confirm it by our own, that by it, but that by two immutable things in which it's possible for God, it's impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. All right. Which this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence. <laughs> you see the veil? The, our hope is not just here. It enters very where God himself is. Oh my shaka Your hope for a good marriage. Your hope for breakthroughs. Your hope for heaven. Your hope for peace on earth. Your hope for a, a, an upper hand in life. Your hope for victory. He said the hope is not just here. It enters behind the veil. It goes behind that. You know veil? Veil is what prevents one, one section from the, what divides the one section from the other section. We on earth, we, we are there's no way you can use human calculations to determine what is in heaven. So, we, as it were, we are, in a, we are veiled. Heaven, you, human things cannot, you can't have serious binoculars to see who is in heaven. Was, because you can't pick up, because it's spiritual. But you know what? Our, our hope moves from beyond this, the natural 
into the spiritual not spirit just spiritual because in the spiritual realm we have all other things but this one goes very straight behind the veil which where the behind the veil go to the next verse see where where the forerunner has entered for us who is a forerunner no 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 jesus is the one but what is a forerunner going before you so we are all going there the forerunner now we our spirits are there with him but when he comes back he's taking and the last when you a christian die he's going to be where with jesus because paul said in philippians chapter 1 verse 21 somewhere they said for me to live is christ to die is gain right. to live is christ to die again said because to be absent here with you it means to be present with the lord so when you are out you check out here you check in so the forerunner is gone. Wait, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. the forerunner is gone there. So he says that. Let, let's go back. He says where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest for for how long? For how long? For how long? According to the order of Melchizedek. Now, so he throws in a big word here again. His priesthood, because you see, remember. He, this book is called Hebrews. To the Hebrews, they understood the Old Testament system. So now if you bring up a priest, you must tell us there is his order. So you can't just say Jesus high priest because Jesus, on what ground did he become an high priest? According to the order of Melchizedek, look at the next verse, eight, verse 7, verse 1. For this Melchizedek, you see, then he began to talk about Melchizedek. This Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the most high God, priest of the most high God, who met Abraham, ah, Abraham, link it to, who met Abraham from the slaughter of kings, and blessed him, watch it, verse 2, quickly, verse 2, to whom also Abraham gave tenth part of all, first being translated, king of righteousness, that, that, Melchizedek, he's the king of righteousness, and then also king of Salem, Salem means peace, like Shalom, king of, oh, no, go, 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 go. King, of, king of Salem, meaning peace, okay, go to the next verse, verse 3, hey, Without what? Let's already go. Let's go loud. Without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like the Son of God, remains a priest continually. No, no, no. He said, This one has not got mother. This one has not got. Which human being hasn't got mother or father? And guess what? Abraham met this man. <laughs> Abraham met this man. And when Abraham met this man, do you know what Abraham did? As the high priest of God, Abraham paid his tithe. If you are in the Melchizedek, Melchizedek priesthood, it's a tithe receiving priesthood and blessing issuing priesthood. Look at it. Abraham, uh, uh, so uh, Bible talks about how he's without beginning of days, nor end of days. That must be God. That's a description of God. But God himself being the high priest of most high God. Think about that. Jesus, now theologians call him, that's the pre-incarnation appearance. Jesus appeared before he actually appeared. Does that make sense? Some people saw him before he appeared. Just the way, particularly I know, I, I grew up in Africa. They say, in Africa, somebody say, someone died, but three days later, someone saw him. You know, they said, I saw him on the bus. I spoke to him. Later on, when I arrived, I was told he's dead already. I saw him. 
I don't know how true and authentic those what those stuff are. <laughs> okay. But but this one is not afterward. This one was before. Before Jesus was born, he had appeared to certain people. It's called it's called Christophanes. That's the theological word for you. Or theophanies. It's called pre-appearances of Christ before his physical birth. Does that make sense? All right. Now I think I'm, if I go, I'll go too deep. Now watch this. Go to the next verse. Now consider how great this man was, who even the patriarch Abraham gave tenth of the spoil. Abraham paid tithe. That's what it means. Go to the next verse quickly. And indeed, those who are of the sons of Ah, watch this. What? Who? What? What was unique about the sons of Levi? Priesthood. Okay, priesthood, and it, it, it's only priests who receive tithes. Priests, it's only the priests who are receiving tithes those times. Okay, he said. So indeed, those who are the sons of, of the sons of Levi who received the priesthood had a commandment to receive tithes from the people according to the law. All right, that is from their brethren. They were receiving tithes from their brethren. That means that. Once you receive the tithe, you declare the blessing. Though they have come from the same loins or the loins of Abraham, we are all the same. Why is it that you are receiving tithe from me? We are all the same. But God put it this way God authorized them to receive tithe. So those guys were top. The Levites, the priests, they're powerful. But watch this. Go to the next verse. It says that, but he whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithe from Abraham. Now, he's telling you, he's talking about the priesthood of Melchizedek is different from the priesthood of the Levites. Because he who is not a Levite received tithe from Abraham. Hey, so that means that so long as God is concerned, there's not only one other priesthood. Even though he said the priesthood is only for the Levites. There was a higher order. And that higher order, the, watch this, the Levites were from Abraham. So Abraham didn't give tithe to the Levites because they were his sons. They came from his loins. But Abraham gave tithe to someone higher. Now he says that Jesus Christ was made high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. Even Abraham paid tithe to him. <laughs> Listen, the high priest you have got is serious. That's why there's no need you fail. You cannot fail. So let's finish this thing quickly. Verse, what, what verse are we on? But he whose genealogy is not derived from then received tithes from Abraham and blessed him who had the promise. Blessed Abraham. Who is this big man? Because go to the next verse. And beyond all control, less, the lesser is blessed by the better. So that means this person was better than Abraham. That's what he's trying to say. Go to the next verse. Verse 8. Here, mortal men receive tithes, but there he received them of whom it is witness that he lives. So he doesn't die. The Bible says he doesn't have genealogy endless life. He was the one who received that. He himself received that from Abraham. <laughs> Say Jesus. Jesus. So this type thing, Abraham did it too. So I don't know why you are born again. You are saying that it's Old Testament. Old Testament, then you go, it's Old Testament, then go and pay for Levites. Go to the Levites. But this one, Abraham himself was doing it before Levi showed up. He was doing it outside of the law. Doing it to Melchizedek. That's the priest. So that kind of priest, he received tithes. Alright, let, let, let's go on. Let's go on. Hebrews chapter 7. Let's go on. Let's go on. We will we'll end very soon and then we'll continue. I'll show you something next time. Even Levi, 
who received tithe paid tithe through Abraham, so to speak. Because Abraham was paying tithe because Levi was Abraham's child. So it's like your dad, your dad was paying taxes. That means that the house you are living in, you're actually a taxpayer. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? You can't now start growing. Your dad is not there, he's giving the house. He said, Me, I won't pay tax. No, you have to. Because that's the order. You are not better than your dad who gave you the house. Next, next verse. For he was still in the loins of Abraham, his father, when Melchizedek met Abraham. So Levi was not yet born when Abraham paid the tithe. That means that Levi, Levi by, by inference, also paid tithe to this side. So even the higher ones on earth who were receiving tithes were tithe payers to Melchizedek. Now, I want, I'm taking you somewhere. Remember I said that we have a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Go to the next verse. Therefore, say therefore. Did you see that therefore again? In the light of all this we've heard, if perfection were through the Levitical, uh-huh. Now when you hear the word Levitical, does it make sense? That's why I took my time to explain these things. So it doesn't look so. The, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood for under it, the people received the law, what further need was there that another priesthood should arise uh, 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 to the, according to the order of Mercedes and not called according to the order of Aaron? Because if that was okay, then no, we didn't need another high priest. If Melchizedek priesthood was, uh, sorry, the Levitical priesthood was okay, we didn't need another one which is different from Aaron's order. Why? Because, go to the next verse, verse 12. For the priesthood being changed of a necessity, there's a change of law. Go to the next verse. For he, who, for he whom these things are spoken belong to another tribe from which no man had officiated at the altar. Jesus didn't belong to the tribe of Levi. Do you know the tribe he belongs? Revelations 5.5. 5. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's in the tribe of Judah. Have you heard the Revelation 5? I put you on the screen. Let's see. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Lion of the tribe of Judah. Do, do not we behold? The lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open. So Jesus is from the tribe of Judah. And Bible, God clearly said that anyone who tries at, uh, comes from outside this tribe, who tries to become a priest, must be killed. So Moses clearly did not say anything. And there's no one in the tribe of Judah who becomes a priest. So, what did, now in Matthew chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, the Bible talks about they went to Bethlehem of Judea to go and look for Jesus when he was born. So, he's, he's from Judah. He's a Judean. <laughs> he's a Judean. Okay. Jesus Christ, a Bethlehem born of Judea in the days of Herod. So, Jesus, Jesus is a, from Judah. Say he's from Judah. Now, Moses did not say anything about priesthood concerning Judah. So, now, why are you saying, that's why I took my time to explain why are you saying that Jesus is a high priest? Because only high priests are only from the line of Aaron. So wow, how, how? Go to the next verse. Quickly, Hebrews chapter 7. For he who, okay, uh, for, for he who these things are spoken of belong to another tribe, from which tribe, no one has Jesus. Verse 14, verse 14. For it is evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Why is he now a high priest? What kind of high priest is this one too? <laughs> because the law, God's system of dealing with things, you can't be a priest if you are not from the, the lineage of uh, uh, Levi. So then, how come you are saying Jesus is a priest? How? 
can Jesus be a high priest? Because it's against the law. The law does not make provision. But you know, this man is not operating based on the old law. He's operating now. Watch this. Remember I told you, he didn't come to destroy the law. He came to, so there was a provision within the law that makes his priesthood valid. Go back. Let's, let's go. Let's finish the text. We'll be ending here. And it's here far more evident. If in the likeness of Melchizedek, there arises another priest. Go, verse 16. Who has come not according to the law of the, you see, not according to the law of the fleshly commandment, but according to the power of an endless life. So he's not coming based on what this natural law has said. He's coming based on the endless life that produced that law. So even the law which came was good, but there is something higher than the law, which the law points to that this is my senior. Bible says Jesus is coming according to, according to the, uh, the power of an endless life. Go to the next verse. For he testified, you see, now, let me, say, let me say this. This is a little theological, but I have to know. This quotation is the most quoted. So 110 verse 3 and 4 is the most quoted Old Testament Bible in the New Testament. Because every time New Testament writers refer to the Old Testament, this scripture was the, is the most quoted in the New Testament of the, all the Old Testament quotations. Does that make sense? It's a very powerful scripture. You, so this is quoting from Psalm, Psalm 110 verse 4. All right. Uh, okay, see, so this is Psalm 110 verse 4. He said, the Lord has sworn, sworn, and I will not, re- uh, the Lord has sworn, and I will not relent. You are a priest forever according to the order. He said it before, yes, in Psalm. Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. All right, quickly, let's finish the Hebrews chapter 7. Back to um, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 14. So, for it's evident that our Lord arose from Judah, of which tribe Moses spoke nothing concerning priesthood. Go to the next verse. Um, and it's here. We've read this already. Go to go to verse seventeen. Go to verse seventeen quickly, please. For he testified, "You are priests, priests forever, according to the order of Melchizedek." Go to the verse eighteen. On the one hand, there is an annulling of the former commandment because of its weakness and its, its uh, uh, unprofitableness. What does that mean? What the Old Testament was doing, the priests were doing, was good, but it wasn't helping people. It, that was why they had to. God had to bring another one. Now, the question is, did, didn't God know it wouldn't work? No, he knew it would work. Uh, he, knew, he knew exactly. It's like a mirror. I heard a preacher say this. I love it. The law is like a mirror. If you look in t- at the mirror and you see some bumps in your face, where is the fault coming from? Mirror? It's just in your face. So the mirror has not got a problem. <laughs> <laughs> the mirror is doing its job. In the same way, the law is perfect. The Bible said the law is good. But we have so much problem when the law comes around. Ay! So the law which was supposed to help us was killing us because we are 240. The law was killing us. And do you know why? Do you know why? If, if you want to <laughs> if you want to sell makeup to someone let them use the one they use and show, their, show them <laughs> their face in the mirror. Then you show them how they look after this one. Then they realize, oh, no, I don't like the way I look. So God brought the law so that you can see how bad you look. <laughs> so Bible says that so that before God, every mouth will be stopped. No one can boast. 
Romans chapter 3, verse 19, 20 said, so that all mouth will be stopped before the law. You can't boast. So the law came, Bible said, by the works of the law, you see, now we know that whatever the law says, it says to all those under the law that every mouth might be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. So the law makes you shut your mouth. You can't say, I'm clean, I'm clean. As for me, I'm better. You are not. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. So you always be looking. You end up saying, oh, a wretched man like me. Who can help me? So in your desperation, then you look for Jesus. <laughs> Clap for the Lord. Clap for the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, let me, let me on, end on a good note so that we can, we can come expecting more. One of the things I'm going to pick up the next time is Jesus Christ. The high priest must have something to offer. He had to go in the holies of holies with blood. It's called the blood of the atonement. Bible said Jesus Christ, this kind of high priest, he did not go with the blood of animals. He went with his own blood. Perfect. That's why it's called the Lamb of God. He, came, he went with his old blood and did it. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 6 verse 10. He did it once and for all. Romans chapter 6 verse 10. He died once and for all. One, say once and for all. Say once and for all. Once and for all. For the death that he died, he died once for all. Once. But in the Old Testament, the priest, Levitical priesthood, every year, they have to do it with another goat. <laughs> because it wasn't perfect. That thing was not helping the people. And it wasn't even taking away their sins. It was just covering their sins. So they have to keep doing it. But Jesus had to do it once and for all. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 26. He said once and for all. Say once and for all. Once and Hebrews 9 26. Once and for all. He, he then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. Verse 27, he has appeared, therefore, is appointed unto man to die once. So he has appeared to do that. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 10. I like chapter 10, verse 10. That's a powerful one. Look at that. Hebrews 10, 10 is a powerful one. And then we look at 10, 12, and then we end. Hebrews 10, 10 says that, by, 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 by that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ. How many times? We have been sanctified once and for all. Hebrews 9.12 Hebrews 9.12 Hebrews 9.12 Now, I like this one. Not with the blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy You you know what the most holy place is? Why is the most holy place? You got it. Come for yourself. Ah, yes. I've achieved what I wanted. You got it. The most holy place was behind the veil. And who goes behind the veil? The high priest. With what? With blood of atonement. The blood of the bulls and the goats he has killed. He has to go there to offer atonement for himself and for the people. Jesus also being a high priest. Put it back on the screen. Hebrews 9 to off. Jesus also being a high priest. Now with. Okay, let's go back. Verse 11. Let's see if he better. But Jesus Christ, can't you see it? Are you not excited about it? But Jesus Jesus Christ came as a high priest of good things to come with the greater and the more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation. So the tabernacle Jesus was dealing with, so the veil he entered is not physical veil. Those high priests were going through physical veil where the door destroyed. But he entered 
That's why our hope enters beyond the veil. Where our forerunner has gone. So he entered behind the veil, not physical hands, but God's actual presence. Go, go to the next verse. He didn't go there because you have to go behind the veil with blood. Of he didn't go there with blood of goats and cows, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained what? Not internal, eternal. Yeah. It's different from internal bleeding. That was inside you. Eternal. <laughs> He has obtained eternal redemption. That means that you have been redeemed eternally. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! You were not redeemed only last year. And this year you go back into the hands of the devil. Do you know why? Because he became like you and I and died to destroy him who has the power of the devil, the power of, the, of death, and then went into the holy place, made atonement on our behalf, and redeemed us eternally. Say, I'm redeemed! He obtained eternal redemption for us. Eternal redemption for us. Eternal redemption for us. Once and for all. He did it once and for all. After the order of Melchizedek. Not this cheap kind of priesthood, physical priesthood, human beings who die and because of death they can't even continue. Another person has to take place. Another person has to take over. No, no. Jesus himself indestructible life. Now, I can't wait to get to chapter 10. After he explains all these things, then he says that, no, 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 I'll later on. After he explains all these things, he said, therefore, let us come boldly. Now, when you look at chapter 4, verse 14, 15, <laughs> can I go that one and finish? Please, please, let's go. Let's, Hebrews chapter 4, verse, verse 14. Let's read it together. Let's go. Seeing then that we have a high priest a great high priest, sorry, who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast. The high priest didn't die. Just didn't go. Because you have him, you have to continue what you are saying. Hold fast. You have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, entered the veils. Now go to the next verse. Go to the next verse. For, uh, oh, oh. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with why, why can he sympathize? Because he was like us. For our high priest can sympathize with our weaknesses, but was, uh, uh, who cannot sympathize, but was in all points tempted as we are. And yet... Thank you for listening. For more resources, please visit caris.org or call us on 0207-740-9960. God bless you.